0: Hi, I'm Linda Cardellini, Dalen. I am Perrin's best man, Eric. And welcome to Loyal's Book Club, a podcast dedicated to dissecting and discussing Robert Jordan's epic fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. And we are at our second to last episode, the penultimate episode before we hit the grand finale, before we finish. The Shadow Rising, yeah, and we of, dive... of
1: of the book, not the podcast.
0: Oh right? yeah, no no no, <laughs> you're stuck with us for like three more years. So. We got plenty more books to get through. We got more loyals to spoil, <laughs> books to read, events to skip, and Linda Cardellini movies to dissect. <laughs> but yeah, we got we just got this episode, and the the next one is gonna be it. It is gonna yeah. For this book. (laughs) Yeah, for the book, not the podcast. And it's really exciting because we got Master of the Deck coming in to uh, take us through those final uh, four or five chapters. Mm -hmm. No, I'm excited because this bunch of chapters, I think,
1: uh, you know, I I got the the long game predictions going and I got a bit of a, we'll probably see this really soon. This bunch of chapters, I think, set up a ton of shit that's gonna go down uh next episode
0: yeah because i was just about to ask um because these series of chapters all feel like appropriately put together as the calm before the storm mm-hmm. so we have a couple plot lines that are going to be assumedly wrapped up in the next chapter by the end of this book we have the rand and the aiel waste more specifically the shido right uh we have Nynaeve and Elaine in Tanchico with the Black Aja, and Perrin and the puppies in The Two Rivers with the White Cloaks. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know we'll eventually get into it, but Eric, I'm kind of curious, before we reach the finale, Mm -hmm. do you have any predictions as to how this book is going to end? Oh, man. Okay. So a couple things
1: happened in this bunch of episodes uh, that either foreshadowed some stuff to me or absolutely was the red herring uh that I'm taking the bait on uh you want me just to kind of speak uh generally from like this bunch of chapters and we'll go through them one at a time kind of deal
0: yeah just kind of the impression of uh if you know what do you think based on these chapters and kind of where the series is going as a whole do you think shadow rising is going to end yeah so i think you know i it's crazy to me because at
1: the beginning i thought we were going to get bigger you know like uh i thought we were going to get a huge battle scene action piece kind of thing and i still think that's on the table for sure but i'm starting to lean more and more that this is going to be a lot more quiet a lot more intimate but it's going to shift a lot of things going forward uh one of the things i think is going to happen, is I thought the Aeol was going to be a bit of a, you know, journey tale and a little bit of a a coloring of, like, more of the world and stuff like that, but I think there's actually some big stuff happening here. Yeah. And in these chapters, I think it is foreshadowing a bit. I think there's going to be a bit of a breakage in the Aeol. Like, uh, you know, we have all the different clans and the different chiefs and stuff, and some of them are at odds, and, you know, you, you got that whole going. Yeah. I think it's actually going to boil over. I think it's going to be a, a seriously large internal struggle. Uh, and I think Rand's going to be a bit handcuffed to it. And I, th- I don't think he's going to be able to aid anyone else anywhere else until he gets the Aeels
0: back in line. For sure. And then, you know, they do talk about the remnant of a remnant mm-hmm. and how Rand knows he's going to break the Aeels. Right. So, And, you know, you're right. There is already the splintering. It seems the Jindo, the Tardad, everyone does not like the Shido. Right. And it's all pointing towards Kuladin and the Shido are up to something that does not seem good. Because Mm -hmm. um, when we get to these Rand chapters, we have... Kuladin is acting weird. Yeah. (laughs) He... When they're all running to Cold Rock's hold, Rand notes that... He looks at Brand with this angry hateful normal look on his face and then he looks amused. And then something stood out to me um, when they're talking to Ruark's wife, how she kind of goes to Ru- Ruark, you're welcome in my under my roof you'll find shade and water here when he talks when she goes to Hearn, Hearn, the other one she goes, uh, may you find water and shade, mm-hmm. and then Cooladin, which is, oof, she goes, "You are welcome. Shade and water will be found for you," mm-hmm. which is like essentially an insult. Right. It mentions Cooladin clutching his forearms as if to not grab for spears, but I'm like, that's a very specific gesture that m- kind of set me off a little bit because I'm like if someone's not going to grab their spears, usually they would like tense their hands or something. It feels like such a weird thing to point out. right? do you think there's anything to that? Do you think it's just kind of like, "Eh." well, one of the
1: chapters in this, uh, in this bunch for this episode is called traps. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, in that chapter, I'm sure we'll kind of uh, break it down a little bit more in a second here, but you know, I think that has just so much of a metaphorical impact uh, outside of what happens specifically in that chapter. I'm kind of feeling like this is what's happening. I feel like traps are being laid for Rand, and he, he doesn't quite have the context to see them yet. And, you know, we see him growing even from, like, this whole book. We see him kind of scheming, making his own plans and stuff, but he's still... He's still not there, you know? Yeah. I still think that there are surprises left for him to find out about. And I think a lot of that lies with Culloden and this splintering happened.
0: Yeah. And I do want to ask you because, you know, Cold Rocks Hold That chapter ends with Moraine asking him, where will you lead the spears of war once more to? And I kind of held on to the prophecy that Moraine earlier in the book, chapter six, spoke when kind of justifying Rand's move to Ilion. Mm-hmm. And I want to reread it for you because I think you'll see it under a different context now. Power of the shadow made human flesh, wake to turmoil, strife, and ruin. The reborn one, marked and bleeding, danced the sword in dreams and mist, chains the shadow sworn to his will from the city lost and forsaken, leads the spears to war once more, Breaks the spears and makes them see truth long hidden in the ancient dream. Yeah, I
1: I think we're gonna have the Aiel turn on each other because I mean we're we're talking about spears breaking, you know. Yeah. Like I I think that's very much a you know a physical battle breakage. But then after the fact, you know, again new context uh, being out, and I think we're gonna we're gonna find ourselves a group of uh, dragon loyalists and probably a bit of a you know resistant to the dragon. Yeah. Uh, starting to form or something in,
0: in the Aeolus. Because we already have the security of the Jindo and the Tardad Sept, mm-hmm. kind of being with Rand, because it's like a Ruark and Hirn are kind of chill with him. So it's like, okay, at least we have that. You know, in Cold Rock's Hold, in Chapter 49, Ruark mentions there's a bunch of Septs already at Alcare Doll. Right. We don't know where their loyalties lies, but he mentions a woman named Savannah whose husband is the clan chief for the Shido. And, you know, she's kind of like, we can't really trust her, and especially if Kooladin gets there. So we're already, it's like, we kind of don't know how this is going to fall. So I do like that idea of we are going to get like a sort of civil war between yeah the civil war IEL. that is
1: that's exactly it thank you um cuz i think one of my prior predictions was you know either rand himself was going to obliterate the iol people yeah. in some kind of fashion or he'd lead them to war and they'd get decimated and you kind of have your tensions with him and them there but no i think it, i think it's going to be internal i think it's you know we we have a bit of the ignition i mean the, the whole thing ends with a bit of a foot race and yeah. Uh, trying to get there before uh, before Kuladin, cool I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, like like you said, we're, we're setting up the pieces that, you know, they are officially thrown up in the air. And by next episode,
0: we will know where they land. For sure. And then I want to talk to you a bit about Avienda. How do yeah. you feel about her? Do you feel... Oh, man. Like, what are your just general... <laughs> I, like, you know, I...
1: <laughs> I feel so sympathetic to Rand. Like I feel like, I feel like it was written in such a way that I really feel for Rand, trying to do his best to to get this relationship going, to kind of like meet her halfway. And you know, I really for because I read this, uh, I read this groupings of chapters twice uh, just yeah. to, because we are close to the book, and I didn't want to be surprised by anything coming up, and really wanted to read into whatever I could. You know, loyalty is, like, her her primary personality trait. Yeah. So I think there's something about Rand sliding Elaine that Avienda just will not give up. Yeah. It might be something deeper than that. It might be cultural or something. But I'm, I'm holding on to, until Rand writes that with Elaine, he's not going to win Avienda over.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems it got worse when she came back from Ruidian. And so I'm wondering... Because one of the big unanswered questions that we have so far is what did Avienda see and what did Moraine see? Right. And so do you think what Avienda saw ties into her more prickly reception to Rand? Because he even notes, like, there's times where we're cool. She'll talk to him like normal, but then all of a sudden she sort of, like, snaps out of it like a trance and, like, is just very, you know nothing, Randall Thor. Anyhow, but... (laughs) Do you think... Because, uh, no, you're right. Loyalty, toe, G ties a lot into Aiel, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like the characters are starting to pick up on what will bring honor to the Aiel, what is dishonorable. Because, again, it is... We're seeing this from a Wetlander's yeah. perspective. Like, I could literally step on your toe and kind of go, oh, sorry. And then suddenly I made Guy Shan to you, you know? Right. So... Yeah, to answer that question,
1: I think because, you know, it, it feels like it's plausible that it's because he slighted Elaine and she's holding a grudge. But I do think, I do think she saw something. And I do think either possibly as close as the end of this book, maybe next book or a little bit further down, I think we're going to start getting into... How not cool it is to be the dragon reborn. I think yeah. there's some dark stuff that's gonna happen. Maybe even kind of against you know Rand's will or wishes or even his intention. Um, you know, I could definitely see. Do you have
0: anything specific like with that? Do you think man? I mean, anything that... involved? Do you think? Do you think we're done with the Black Aj? Because Robert Jordan tends to um put things aside. You know, mm-hmm. the White Cloaks kind of were dotted here and there mm-hmm. do you think we're kind of done with the black aja for now or do you think oh no they're back and there
1: no you know i think i think they're always there i think they're always in the background and i think you know even on a, a second read through i think maybe i'll start picking up some stuff here and there that oh you will I, <laughs> I think i think they're always present i do think they're not the focus right now uh one, one thing i do kind of see or at least a prediction that's not off the table for me is uh ran's gonna hurt Egwene. Or something, you know, and she okay. she's going to steal him or something. Ooh. Uh, and I think for Avianda, the safety of mm-hmm. the world. And I think Avienda sees the threat of either her people or her friends and Rand being the antagonist of that. Yeah, uh, because, again, there are prophecies to fulfill and not all of them are, you know, beautiful, poetic justifiable things they, they are dark yeah <laughs> you know R- robert jordan has hinted at before in some of the writings that we have some dark stuff coming up
0: yeah and i mean it reminds me it like that prediction reminds me of elida's whole mo of house trickhand will be the key to surviving the last battle mm-hmm. and there are close ties with house trickhand and randall thor you know so the safety of the world and the safety of avienda's people tie in kind of together so yeah. maybe she did see you know because the wise ones did talk about you kind of see diff like branching off like it's not like so it's not me- set in stone yeah so right. maybe she did see what would happen as things if kooladin mm-hmm. killed rand what would happen if rand killed kooladin and the shido if Rand killed everyone and went to the shot you know i think there's so many things that she saw Mm -hmm. that it would put at anyone at edge and it's the same with moraine moraine in these chapters has gotten a little more weirdly please just let me teach you let me help you and that's not something we are used to more there's
1: a new desperation uh that she, it's not her. She's normally, again, she's normally pulling all the strings, she's normally two steps ahead, and, you know, she kind of knows the play, but it sounds like she's on the last page of her playbook. Yeah. <laughs> and from here on out, it's, it's going to be a bit more spontaneous, it's going to be a bit more messy, yeah, her her hooks are not in nearly as deep as she wants them to be.
0: Yeah. Because in Traps, you know, they're attacked by the Drakkar and the Trollocs, And Moraine goes, this is not, you have to let me confide in you. And Rand goes, I'll confide in you. I will tell you what I'm doing if you promise you will not try to control me. And she says, I won't stop you from doing your destiny, but I will do what I can to make sure your head doesn't go on the block. And Rand goes, no. So it's understandable why Rand wants his own autonomy, Mm -hmm. but it's also understandable why Moraine is, She spent 20 years searching for Rand. Yeah. And so much is at stake that failure does not seem like an option to her. And Mm -hmm. so she's kind of like, fine, I will do whatever you need me to do. If that's what it means to face the last battle all in one piece.
1: No, they're, uh, you know, even more so than any other book. Right now, Moraine and Rand are becoming such cool foils for each other. You have Moraine who, you know, again, exactly this burden of 20 years of this plan kind of in place and kind of the, you know, crest of it is happening right now. You know, it, it's, it's too big to fail. If it fails, yeah. everything fails. And Rand kind of has this blessing of ignorance where it's kind of like he's understanding his responsibility, his place and stuff, but he doesn't have all of that back knowledge he doesn't have all of that history and and you know trying to make it out he's flying by the seat of his pants you know you kind of have this this really studious person with the plan this kind of spontaneous force and they are both trying to control the other yeah (laughs) mostly out of
0: self-preservation rand even remarks like at the beginning of chapter 50 traps He's becoming like Moraine or the Aes Sedai, because he's like, I need to control the Aiel, and he's mm-hmm. like, wait, hold on. So there's a little bit of Aes Sedai rubbing off on Rand, but yeah. I think there's also this: if I can control my own destiny, I can prevent anyone else from getting hurt. Yeah, and mm. I think that's where his core lies. It's a
1: great intention, but I guarantee you that is it it is going to blow up in his face he is going
0: to hurt some people it's yeah it's, it, it's gonna suck <laughs> you know and it's it's a given you are the Karakarn you are the Koromor you are the dragon reborn this isn't a walk in the park for you mm-hmm. you are dealing and we're seeing this not only with Rand but with Matt with Perrin with Egwene yeah. and Nineveh politics and everything like this is not just you can go to Shayol Ghul Defeat the Dark One, and that's it. Mm -hmm. There are forces at hand. You have the Black Asha. You have the remaining Forsaken. You have Sean Chan, White Cloaks, people who. There's too many factors at play for it to be simple, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's what makes it all the more tragic. Is There are casualties that you cannot control. Well, and I think it became most apparent because
1: like I I, I said in a couple of episodes ago, I really dig how much growth we're seeing from Rand. You know, he's he's making some moves, some choices that he wouldn't have been able to do a, a book or two ago. And at the same time, we see how much further he has to go along. And I can almost see... Uh, not like as a prediction or, or being able to call it, but I can tell that there are going to be mistakes. There are yeah. going to be those learning moments where he's going to have to learn the, you know, the weight of that responsibility.
0: Sort of like what parent had to do.
1: Yes. Because oh, again, man.
0: he's yeah. a farm boy. What mm-hmm. is he? What do they know about uh, l- battles? About mm-hmm. leadership? You can get it all in theory, but when it comes down to putting it into practice. There's really nothing you can do. It's like studying for your driving test and like learning the car inside and out. This is what it does. And then you're getting behind the wheel of the car and mm-hmm. it's suddenly something in motion where you have control, but ultimately you could there's lo- there are so many facts like your brakes could give out, you go too fast, someone yeah. could hit you, you know? The difference between knowing something and feeling something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you about his dream. Because before the Drakkar attack, Rand has a dream. It's a recurring dream. He's in the Westwood water and, you know, Elaine and Min are there and they're skinny dipping and he sees Avienda and he's kind of like, hey, come here, I'll teach you how to swim. And who else would show up but Lanfear? Um, I was wondering
1: too because it was one of those moments
0: of like it's quiet too. Quiet. Oh, yeah. there she is. Okay, good. yeah, and <laughs> like you know she's like you're mine before that little milk stop, Iliana. It's like dude, that is not Lucian. No, no, like, um, so she bites him in the neck and mm-hmm. says like you can't get away from me, but then a man shows up. We don't know who it is because mm-hmm. Rand just sees like. A form of a man mm-hmm. who kind of says, like, listen, um, let me actually pull it out of the book. So it goes. Uh, is this how you muse yourself when I wonder where you have gone? A man's voice said contemptuously. Why should I hold to anything when you risk our plan this way? Risk, she sneered. You fear risk as much as Mogeddian, don't you? You would creep about like the spider herself. Had I not hauled you out of your hole, you'd still be hiding and waiting to snatch a few scraps. If you cannot control your appetites, the blur said in the man's voice, why should I associate with you at all? If I must take risks, I want a greater reward than pulling strings on a puppet. What do you mean? She said dangerously, and then they vanish. So who do you think this other man is? I mean, we get mention of a new uh, threat in the next chapter uh, we are jumping ahead a bit, but it's a little bit looser, this episode. I'm testing out a new format where we just... um no, so I'm digging it. I'm digging we it. We are alerted to, we have one new forsaken, Mogedian. Right. Who was the woman who uh, was in the inn with Elaine and Nynaeve and like did the whole mindfuckery thing. Right. And then we learn from Birgitta, Asmodian is in the Ayo Waste. Mm-hmm. And he was the one uh, Nynaeve had a dream a little while back of a man approaching Ruidian. Mm-hmm. And so it's confirmation that was Asmodian, gotcha. So I'm wondering, so now Asmodian and Landfear seem to be working together, right. Um, and Asmodian, I mean, it has to be Asmodian. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they wouldn't have mentioned he's in the IELTS for nothing. Yeah, and I'm learning
1: more and more the uh, the half-court shots don't uh, work nearly as well as... Because, as, again, uh, Jordan writes with immediacy. Yeah. So when something is brought up, it's either we're setting up for... For it to be part of the living, breathing world or get ready because we're doing this right now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I totally think it's a it's a bit of a partnership. I think we've got some Forsaken that are kind of in on it together, uh, trying to pull ahead of the other ones. Yeah. Which I love. I, I love that thematically because I think I think some of what it's going to get down to is, you know, the, the heroes have to be together in some kind of way. Like, yeah. The only way to fight is to fight together and completely on the opposite end i think you know the that's exactly the dark's uh flaws yeah. of, you know there's a lot of infighting there's a lot of lust for individual power and ascension and stuff uh well, so i'm
0: excited well because also do you remember at the beginning when Landfear appeared to rand and tear she mentioned as specifically as the male forsaken that he should bond that's right Yeah. and so i'm wondering if do you think, since there, since Asmonian is in the Aeol Waste at the moment, do you think Lanfear is there as well? Yeah, I think so. And uh, Have we met them yet? My mind goes back to that traveling group. Yeah, because we have bit. Isandra, yeah. who is this beautiful woman with dark hair, large eyes. We have Jason Natal, a gleeman. We mm-hmm. have Isandra, and then we have Hadnan Kadir. So... I guess a 5050 shot as to at, at the very least it's it's all on my radar however yeah. it may unfold is an
1: entirely different thing but um no and one thing I did appreciate too was this little bit here really kind of uh crystallized landfear for me because I was totally under the impression that like landfear kind of you know works in the shadows more and more but uh, you know that she's really kind of like the 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 puppeteer of the forsaken. Yeah. And she is to an extent, but she really is kind of ballsy. Like, she, oh, yeah. she, she is bold. She does put herself out there, and she does repeatedly come to Rand. And I think that is, you know, a complete opposite thing than what I had her down for. Really appreciated the, uh, the uh, oh, man, it's going to feel so good when I remember this word. It feels good to learn about the other Forsaken. Uh, Asmodian? Uh, not Asmodian. Uh, Mogedian. Mogedian. Oh, Mogedian, yeah. And we learn more about that one a little bit later. Yeah. But learning that about Mogedian, about like, no, like a spider and won't risk anything. All of a sudden, we've got like a new type of danger. Yeah. That that I think I wanted Landfear to be. But now it's really coming across to me of like, oh, no, Landfear is, um, she's ambitious. She's bold. Yeah. As far as a Forsaken, kind of kind of an idiot, in my opinion. I think I very much would stay to the back. And, oh, yeah, like Asmodian and Mogedian. Mm-hmm, exactly. But, uh, no, overall, I, I, you know, are you ready for my... Uh, I don't know if I've made this prediction. Oh, no, no, go ahead, do it. My big prediction, uh, and I think I wanted to do this before the finale of this book, was Rand will die. Okay. Um, I don't know how exactly, but I think... I think this is leading up to a bit of it, whether he goes with the Forsaken against them. Do you think it's before the last battle?
0: Or do you think it's sort Hmm. of like the
1: heroic sacrifice at the last battle? See, I want it to be like a heroic sacrifice, but I just think, I think it's a little too cliche. And I think we're, especially now in the series, we're getting away from cliche. Yeah. So I think he will die because something goes wrong you know he can't control the power or he makes a decision you know a, 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 yeah, exactly that goes wrong or maybe he even goes dark himself i think somebody will take him out but i think he will be at the last battle in spirit or reincarnated or okay. as Luz theron writing the wrongs of his past Uh, But that was the big one that I kind of got. And the the door feels open now to
0: that being a a major prediction for me. Which book? If you had to, like, Mm -hmm. which book? And do you know who will kill Rand? Give me, rattle off the titles because we're in Shadow Rising, Heavens of Fire. Uh, Fires of Heaven is book five. Book six is Lord of Chaos. Book seven is A Crown of Swords. Book eight, A Path of Daggers. Book 9, Winter's Heart. Book 10, Crossroads of Twilight. Book 11, Knife of Dreams. Uh, Book 12, The Gathering Storm. Book 13, Towers of Midnight. And Book 14, A Memory of Light. Oh, fuck. That's a lot of titles. (laughs) That's a lot of titles with a lot of this could mean this. 5 to to 14, just pick a number. (laughs) Uh I th- what was the one before Lord of Chaos? Fires of Heaven. So that's the next one? hmm
1: I think he's going to die the next book. Fires of I- Heaven? I think I think Rand will not be around, and it will open the door for the Lord of Chaos to okay. reign. And I think those Fires of Heaven is going to be that power he cannot control.
0: Okay. Uh. And he- as to who kills him? Is it Forsaken or...
1: Is it Moraine? I think... uh, You you stole it right from me. I think it's got to be Moraine. All right. I think it's got to be a all chips are on the table and this was not the plan. But if this keeps going on, there will be no world to have a plan for anyways. So, yeah. All right. I I was thinking that like Moraine or Egwene would be pretty poetic, I think. So you heard it here. Rand will die at Fires of Heaven. Yes. All right. So either i'm right and that is a baller prediction or fires of heaven is gonna to be totally different and it's gonna be rad anyways <laughs> because rand won't die because i would be sad if, if he had to go
0: i am not gonna tell you anything that is a <laughs> read and find out right on all right so then i also wanted to ask um if you had to pick who if Landfear and asmodian are there in mm-hmm. the waste who are they I think it's our. I think it's our traveling band. Uh, okay. I think.
1: It, I think it's our woman with dark hair. Cause. So Landfair is Asandra. Asandra, yes, because I, I. I think she. Uh, I think she's a bit of a creature of habit. She's not nearly. She's savvy, but she's not as. Um, she's not playing three D chess like some of the Force no. they can do, in, in my opinion, you know, again, she's bold. I don't
0: think she's. I think. I don't think she's as many steps ahead as she thinks she is. Yes.
1: Uh. So I. I think her. I think that'd be a perfect like. It's not a disguise. You just, you kind of look like... You put your you, hair up in a ponytail. You, like, Lanfear, look... that's not how it works. Lanfear, you look like yourself in disguise. Yeah. Uh, and the, um... Let's see here. We got the the Gleeman, the
0: Merchant, and the... Uh, so we have... Key, uh, for... Uh... For men, we just have uh, Jason Natal and Hadnan Kadir. I think Hadnan Kadir
1: is, is Asmodean. Is yeah, just, okay. there's, you know, a couple of the same sounding syllables, a couple of the same sounding stuff, and, you know, I... Yeah, not I, subtle. Exactly, and I, I think at the very least, uh, you know, being kind and calling it an Easter egg, uh, I don't think is inappropriate, because we've we've had some stuff like that happen uh, yeah. with some other Forsaken. So, yeah, I, I think they're there. I think the danger is very real and present. I don't I don't think the uh the uh
0: Draco Noir. Dracar? Thank you. Dracar. <laughs> I'm rolling the DR because it's like Game of Thrones. Dracar.
1: Dracaris. <laughs> it's okay. I think I I think I totally accidentally said some type of men's uh like shaving and Draco scent, uh, Noir, yeah. Draco Noir. Draco I, Noir. Draco I, Noir.
0: I got that from my dad for like three Christmases in a row. I get my dad like this Calvin Klein cologne and he's just like perfect. Dads are very easy to shop for. They are. And that brings us to our first ad. I no, <laughs> Oh man. If you know what? I think that
1: I think the two things that would very much made this uh, podcast feel elevated and evolved is uh, when we established our Patreon and if we ever uh, do a bit of an ad space.
0: Yeah, uh, but um, yeah this yeah. Is actually is an ad for uh, the Linda Cardellini. Six <laughs> oh, billion Jesus gold. Christ. Um, if you want Linda Cardellini to be a tier on Patreon, let, let me know. Let, let us know. Let us know first, because we've got to reach out to her representatives and see what we can get Come Yeah, away. so far we got Taviren Tingles, Parents Puppies, Linda Cardellini, <laughs> and, I don't know, we'll think of, I think we're going to have four I don't know, we'll, we'll sort it out. We'll figure it out. Um, so, we'll leave the waste and Rand as it is, because with Matt being concerned, Matt's kind of inconsequential at the moment. Yeah. He's, he's, he's there just kind of pissed
1: at Rand, but he's yeah. always kind of been pissed at Rand kind of. When kind is it Matt pissed at Rand? Man, again, like it's just so crystallizing that these boys were not best friends. They no. They grew up together, but you know, it's like, like, the elementary school kids that you still remember, like, they're probably not the same people. We, we probably yeah, wouldn't been someone's friends. Someone's on coke did. at this point. Oh, a ton. I mean, I'm,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean you're from Bakersfield. Right? I I'm kidding. Gonna, I'm... The hard drug. Hey, listen, bro, uh, uh, love Bakersfield. I will say it as a Bakersfield boy. Uh, that town is rough with hard drugs and uh, people
0: finding their way into it. Burbank but is no, just I... rife with old people and racism. It really is. But no, yeah. I, I think I think Matt come visit SoCal. <laughs> <laughs> come visit the California—it's we... real
1: fun. I promise. We got the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, I think you're right. I think we can leave Matt out of the mix because again, this feels like a bit of a set up bunch of chapters, which isn't bad. It no, doesn't. It doesn't feel like filler. But it's
0: not as bad as the uh, Sea Folk chapters. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be honest; those were boring. They were pretty boring. I, I, just, I will. Just because, like, it's. Interesting, but I feel like the sea folk. You know, this isn't a huge spoiler. They're the most fucking boring, cuttable thing. Mm-hmm. I don't expect to see much of them in the Amazon series. Let's let's say that. No, much. <laughs> I feel like they're going to cut them out. Yeah, good choice. I mean, it's just who cares? They yeah i can't get into it further but um but matt we do get a before we get away from him totally we, yeah we do get some interesting stuff with him he he gets the memories going on again yeah because right? as they're approaching cold rocks hold he said oh it's nice but it's no uh i actually have it in my notes i'm actually proud i haven't consulted my notes this entire time no you're, um, you're rocking it he consults right torah he says like oh it's good it's no uh torah harad and they're mm. like what's that and he goes. I don't know. So I think it's another uh, instance of... It's becoming more like the old tongue Mm for Matt where it just happens, you know? I think we're getting set up for some badass Matt moments in the next bunch. I
1: feel like we're going to see Matt not be Matt and really recall, like, some ancient warrior stuff going on. I'm I'm calling that right now. All right, all right. But yeah, I just wanted to note that before we
0: leave. Oh, yeah, for sure. uh, Because I think Matt's... He's... He's very passive for the moment, mm-hmm. but we have nine more books to uh oh, yes. ten more books to go. Yeah. So <laughs> um I want to hop into Nine and Elaine because yeah. um again, we talked about this in the Delusions of Grendel episode, but it's this interesting concept of Eggheann uh slowly unlearning what she learned with the Sean Chan and you know, this is the chapter where the shoe is on the other foot, or, or the other shoe drops, I guess is the expression. Nineveh and Elaine learn that Eggie and his Sean Chan, because they're chilling, they're using Sursas, which are uh, chopsticks. <laughs> and it's a good little, like, fun little, like, oh, you know, there's been riots, but um, Domani food is suddenly all the rage in <laughs> Terabon, And, um... It's like Bale Doman comes in and he's like, I know where the uh black Aja are. While I was doing my criminal activity, they're in the Panarch's Palace. And then Julin comes in and goes, Hey, I know where the Black Aja are. And then Tom. It's it's a fun little like three stooges moment. <laughs> it really is. And then uh, Doman sees
1: Eggy on it. it, it, it like... It's like on, it's
0: Tom and Jerry
1: on yeah, site. I, like <laughs> I don't, I don't have the, for, for all of our listeners, I don't have the ability to snap, but just know I was going to snap. You can't, wait, hold on, hold on. Cut the cameras dead ass. You can't snap? I, I cannot snap and I, I can tell you that you were going to do that because that's what you... every fucking buddy does. Can you they, wink? I can wink. I can wink. I can whistle. A I can whistle uh, three different types of ways. We got that, we got. And then I can uh, whistle and hum at the same time.
0: Ooh. So, um, can you. <laughs> I don't like. This is my impression. Um, I can do a really good chicken. It's a little weird. <laughs> it's a little weird. Do you want to hear it? I do. Cuckoo ka-cha! Cuckoo ka-cha! <laughs> cha <laughs> A-do-do-do-do-do. For... Rest in peace Jessica uh Walters. You yeah. would have made a great swain. Yeah. Oh no no S. Jessica Oh Walter. Jessica Walter.
1: Yeah. Did you see But I only know that because of a very cute clip where they do the uh uh the i should know what it's fucking called clapboard thank you oh oh one <laughs> up
0: industry professional over here
1: uh, it comes in front of her and it's like you know jessica walters take one and, and she goes oh no no s dear, and like like licks her finger and just rubs off she goes there i got it for you now nobody nice. will know except everyone here
0: <laughs> now
1: i have uh, to kill you but no I uh, I uh, w- we'll take this tangent real quick and then we'll get back on it I can't snap uh I never could tried to learn I've learned through all my life I know it technically of like yeah pressure and just that is where the sound comes from I just do not have the ability yeah. to do it I can do all kinds of other weird shit but uh can't snap
0: I can't wink oh, okay so there we so go y- like this is me winking you can't see it but for all of our listeners he's just blinking. It makes
1: a great Lucille Bluth (laughs) cosplay. But then inevitably, when I say I can't snap, people will always go literally, literally, "You can't snap!" and then snap, like like some of the most offensive stuff in my opinion. Of like, no, just like, why are you gonna, why are you gonna do that to me when I I told you I can't? But yes, it (laughs) it's on site. It's Tom and Jerry. I can't clap.
0: (laughs) I don't know how to clap. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it just misses every time.
0: I just the hand-eyed coordination. It just... Going to concerts is rough. <laughs> Anyhow, so yeah, it's Tom and Jerry. Um is tackled by Bale just like that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh no, and uh Elaine has to separate them and then mm-hmm. get a little like there's a little like they Egg and Bale are like, you fight well. You fight well. I'm like, I think if I think if they had left him, there would have been some like. If we get the fighters to lovers
1: trope with these two, I'd be so happy. I would not. I would not knock it whatsoever. Yeah,
0: that do be something I'd like to see. <laughs> that do be. That do amen, be. I do be rolling it. Um, want to know something that'll probably fuck you up? Uh, Sean Chan sound like Texans. <laughs> that is confirmed by Robert Jordan. <laughs> so they just got like a southern twang well that's that's well, more deep south i would started. love if they start with the i'll say uh like as a tribute to our loving friend Catherine, mm-hmm. i need that's how i associate texas accents with a, i'll say uh certainly la- i'll say you're gonna be a good demonic right here that's good that's real good um, holy shit so now i've got that yeah. In my um, head forever. According to Robert Jordan, it's supposed to have a Texas accent, but I... You know what? What the fuck does he know? What the fuck does Oliver James Rigney know? He fucking wrote the books, and he said parents straight. Okay. <laughs> Doubt. Doubt. He said Matt straight. Okay. Wow, so yeah, I'm going to have to just... that. Like, Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Looks like we're going to wrestle up a pair of Demani over here. Oh, if you're a fuck. good little Demani... It's if you're a good little soul, Dom, won't be any trouble out on these parts. I'm going to have to like. Also, if anyone's from Texas, I'm very sorry. Oh, yeah. If we
1: if we just offended any of our Texas listeners, just know it's all of the love in our heart and more of just the left field uh, fantasy thing of like it's fantasy.
0: They could sound like anything. Yeah. So they sound like New Zealanders. (laughs) (laughs) I wish um, it was the IEL sounded like Midwesterners. Oh, Ooh, gonna God, squeeze right oh, past you there God, bud and so uh headcanon
1: where where every group is
0: just a different uh state uh <laughs> uh west uh terra bonner's are uh valley girl like um yes. i think it's like great that era Doman is fighting but
1: like i want the white tower to all be heavily boston <laughs> what do you i can't do boston what do you what do you know about weaving the winds I, I, oh wait i just stepped into i'm not good at accents but it's in my head and it's yeah. great
0: um or uh oh no uh camelyn doing the transatlantic accent holy shit. i'm clean more case, don't you know and i'm going to pass a sentence right here and then um no the ailes sound like bjork yep and i need to have you fight the dance the sparse.
1: you got like you got like a little bit of luann from uh, king of the hill in
0: there i like that <laughs> um wait who's the slutty niece luann Luanne. <laughs> uncle hank oh <gasps> that's how uh that's how that's uh how the
1: Sean chan sound like
0: oh.
1: <laughs> cannon forever
0: oh my god gotta grass love some demonic
1: not because I want to get away from the fun, because I'm having a fucking blast, but
0: for the sake of time, uh, yeah. do we got to hop off this tangent? Um. Okay, so yeah. So, <laughs> um, of course, uh, Nynaeve is furious to find out that Egeonan is. Sean Shannon. Right. Elaine kind of is like, she's taking it really badly, but, you know, it's this thing of... Um, finding, becoming friends with this person and then realizing they are the worst sort of person, Mm -hmm. that they are Sean Chan, and especially it hits with 9 because of what happened to Egwene, so understandably there is anger and this, like, I trusted you, you genuinely just gained my trust, and you are this person yeah you it's, know? it's not tension it's open hostility
1: <laughs> oh my god yeah and not for not for you know i i, th- I think i think mean, it is totally justified uh, yeah you know, that, that'd probably be my gut reaction too yeah but i will say for for what it's worth and i know we've got to have this little bouts for the characters and the narrative and everything i think it's such an interesting narrative choice to go with the indoctrine having the curtain lifted. Yeah. Like, I cannot, you know, apologize because I I know I, I compare other fantasies and what I like in other fantasies and stuff, but I feel like Star Wars The Mandalorian does that super well. You know, he's this badass warrior and he meets other his other people of his kind yeah and they let him know they're like oh you're like in a very specific sect like a cult of our people oh like and you know he he's only ever known that and so he's challenging his beliefs you know like one of the big things is like you can never take off your helmet in front of another living being and stuff yeah and you see through the episodes, like, you know, he'll lift his visor up when he's when he's got baby Yoda with him and stuff. And Grogu. You, a little Grogu, yeah. Mm. And, like, you see that, you see him challenging his own beliefs. And, yeah. and we see that here. Uh, and I, I, I fucking love it, it's man. It's so good. I love it's... it so much. Because one of my questions now, no predictions, just my question, are there other people that could be redeemed like this? Yeah. For the for the chan Because I love that. I love redemption. I love... Especially done well. Yeah, like, just make it complicated. Don't make it black and white. Just make it complicated. And I think the growing up in this type of culture and then realizing some things that nobody ever told you before and those
0: clashing, so fucking beautiful. Yeah. Egyanen's arc is something I'm definitely paying attention to more. Especially Mm -hmm. when, you know, you see the Shan Chan is so ruthless. And when the chapter ends, when all the girls are hanging out, um, oh, that's the next chapter. Never. But you know what I mean. Yeah. When the seeker returns mm-hmm. and Eggyana goes, do not kill him. Just put him out in the alleyway. You start to see this sort of. And she. Oh, and she released one of the Souldom. She released Betham and the mm-hmm. woman that was in her basement. Like mm-hmm. that little thing alone. She's starting to see what the Shan Chan were. Yeah. And I think that's a really. I agree with you. I love a good redemption. It's like Zuko in Avatar the Last oh, Airbender. Yeah. Like we we know the Fire Nation as the bad nation
1: and then yeah. we start getting a little up close and personal and realizing yeah. it's fucking complicated.
0: <laughs> hey, Zuko here. You know, and I think you know that spoilers if you haven't seen Avatar the Last Airbender, you've seen it, right? Oh yeah. The final standoff between Zuko and Azula, who Azula was horrifying. Like, she's a great antagonist where she's very humanized, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's what, you know, and they had said they wanted to do a sort of redemption arc with Azula. Mm-hmm. But again, the Fire Nation and the Shan Chen sort of remind me of that same yeah. thing. I think this blind ignorance of, you guys can channel, but you... it it, And the whole fact that the whole Demani-Suldam started by an Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. It is the, one of those things where you're just like, there's a sort of, like, hypocrisy there that's like, guys, Yeah. hello, the writing's on the wall, the phone's coming from inside the house.
1: <laughs> yeah, it gives me hope, too, though, on a, on a grander scale for the series. I'm really hoping that we either meet or have met a white cloak who isn't as radical. And, you know, I could totally see, because parents kind of like, you know, undesirable number one on their list right now could totally see them catching him and him kind of starting to bond with a white cloak and the white cloak going like, I don't understand. Yes, yes, Dale. <laughs>
0: and you made the mistake of starting this podcast with me. I am going to make it gay. It's very true. I, I, I'd be all for
1: it. Uh, but, well, but Here's you know, my fanfic linked. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, a white cloak kind of going like, I don't think you're a dark friend. And I think our tactics are a little unforgivable and a little... Yeah assumes that we are completely correct and maybe we aren't and I think that has so many long-reaching implications for all these factions and I I love that it's not as black and white as I thought it was
0: no and it's it's I love that Robert Jordan isn't afraid to explore a gray area Mm -hmm. with condemning essentially what the Sean Chan do Mm -hmm. but kind of going here's the thing you know and yeah, you know, it reminds me a lot of, like, you read a lot of, like, textbooks about American people during, you know, that time in America, during slavery, kind mm. of going, becoming abolitionists and kind of realizing what they did was wrong. And so right. it's it's very complicated. It's nuanced. And I'm glad Robert Jordan has this included with that it. Yeah. Um, but I do want to get into, uh, we mentioned this earlier, Mogeddian. Mogedian. Yeah. So in the chapter uh, need, which is chapter fifty two, uh the long and short is uh Nynaeve goes to Teloran Riyadh meets with E'Gwain and she's kinda like, I you know, we need to discover if Amathera is mm-hmm. a dark friend because uh they are like, you know, if Amathera is helping them search for whatever can get Rand, she knows that palace we're fucked. Right. And so they sent out the men to kind of suss out information. And um, I only mention this one because we come to see it later on is someone says, uh, I think Julian comes back and says, uh, yeah, there was a servant who heard her singing like these like really dirty songs, mm-hmm. um, and but they don't get anything secure. And so when Nynaeve is meeting with Egwene and the Wise Ones, who are also on their way to Alcair Dal with Rand, they say okay, you can't go into Amethere's dream because sh- that's her world. She mm-hmm. can fuck you up. And do not bring her into Teleranriad. That's evil. Like, like, dude, we've told you this before. Yeah. Like, the Shadow did that during the War of Power. Mm-hmm. So. And from my own observation, just as like a little insert, I realized
1: that this moment where they're all meeting up in Teleronriod is like, it was one of those moments where I kind of go, oh, shit they've come a long way from the farm back home. Yeah. It was just such like a, a moment of like, oh, these are like warriors
0: and big players and stuff. happening. Yeah. When and you was... think about where they are versus where they were, mm-hmm. they've changed so much. And Perrin even talks about, it, it's barely been two years. It's yeah. barely been over a year. Yeah. So just like... by just a little observation. No, I yeah. Know. I agree. Um, So then, uh, Nynaeve is introduced to the concept of need, mm-hmm. where... You know, tele Riad will sort of work with you if you need something. It'll pull you there, but it's not a guarantee. You'll, like, if you need, if you're, like, thirsty, it'll pull you, it could pull you to the middle of the lake or something like that. Mm-hmm. So Nynaeve is, like, great. And they kind of go, Agueng goes in a week's time, Rand will have declared himself uh, Karakarn Dragon Reborn to the clan chiefs at Alkaerdal. And Nynaeve says, "Cool. In a week, we'll have uh, the Black Oz and Leandrin, and all of them set up." So they bounce, and Nynaeve uses Need to first. She makes she goes into the Panarchs uh, into Amathera's chambers, and it's not looking great for her because she is currently being tortured by one of the Black Sisters, and yeah. you know she's been forced to sing these really body songs we have to kind of assume it's either doing through pain or through what Mogedian did to uh, Nynaeve and Elaine. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what she's doing, but Nynaeve is very lucky to have gotten out there before because Nynaeve really doesn't understand Teleranriad that much. Really, neither does Egwene. No. Egwene's, good at it but it's kind of like they're like two steps ahead of each other you know and on a very narrow staircase yeah no and and, you know just (laughs) complete converse of
1: my just observation I had now they are still very young yeah they are still very much learning and you know they are they have come a long way but there's so much that they don't understand and yeah I think it was impulsive as, as all get very out very
0: much she chooses violence yeah you know? she
1: wakes up every day and she chooses violence like
0: when she needs a way to the museum and she sees you know we later learn it's Mogadian, but she sees Mogadian looking at a case mm-hmm. and her first instinct is let me fight uh, uh to quote that demi lovato video i'm about to beat this bitch up <laughs> so she gets there and burguita pulls her aside and we kind of get uh, confirmation, this is Brigitte. this is a hero of the horn. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, this is the first time I've appeared this I have I've appeared to you, to Egwene. And then I kind of went, Oh, she's like, and to the man who runs with wolves. I'm like, I was like oh shit. Yeah. So um we also meet Brigitte's lover who has they're kind of soulmates in a sense, uh Cain. Mm-hmm. And you know, we get the kind of uh mechanics of heroes of the horn mm-hmm. They exist in Telerandriod essentially until the wheel weaves them in, mm-hmm. you know, and she kind of says, like, they'll weave me in, and or she says, like, right now I could be, like, a suckling baby right now, and Geidel Kane will come a few years after. And, mm-hmm. again, she tells Nine like, you know me now in as Birgitta, but... No, the heroes of the horn are really interesting. I think that whole mechanic is really fascinating. I mean, we've got the theme
1: again of rebirth and reincarnation. And I mean, we have a living blower of the horn. Yeah. (laughs) So kind of seeing what's getting set up for Matt, because at some point that's that's his place he's going to take as well down the line.
0: Oh, you think Matt will be a hero of the horn? I think so. I, nice. think, I think he's going to blow it. I think I think Matt's going to fucking hate that. You realize, like, it's going to be the <laughs> next end of the next age and someone blows a horn. Everyone's coming out, and then you just see Matt with his spear. It's like, I'll do it, but I'll bloody hate it the whole time. <laughs> bloody hero of the horn. I'm no bloody hero. Like, complaining while it's the apocalypse, and he's just like,
1: Yep. No, that's, that's one of my predictions. Is, right. is I think that's going to, you know, he's really
0: going to cement himself into that. Okay. Um, But we get into a passage about Mogetian because Brigitte says, that's Mogetian. She is very fucking strong in Telerandriod. And she's even threatened Brigitte. She said, I will make you weep alone for as long as the wheel weaves. It's fucking dark.
1: That has like... That has some implications of power and what Mogedian can do. Yeah. Uh, and also, if if we can just... I'm going to put that in the jar for coldest line in the book.
0: She promised to make me weep alone for as long as the wheel turns. She said it as a fact that simply has not happened yet. Um, but I do want to read what she says about Mogedian. She says, uh, Facing Mogedian is difficult, and not only because she is forsaken. She hides and takes no risks. She attacks only when she sees weakness, and moves only in shadows. If she fears defeat, she will run. She is not one to to fight to the last, even when doing so has the chance of victory. A chance is not enough for Magedion, but do not take her lightly. She is a serpent coiled in high grass, waiting for her moment to strike, with less compassion than the snake. Especially here, do not take her lightly. Landfear always claimed to tell Aran Riyadh for her own, but Mogenian can do things here far beyond Landfear, though she has not Landfear's strength in the world of flesh. I think she would not take the risk of confronting Landfear. So, I mean, that's not exactly. That doesn't help. You know? <laughs> like, she's like, be fucking careful. But she's not that good in the real world, but right. since you're here. Be fucking fucking careful. No,
1: it recontextualizes some of the Forsaken and some of their uh, dynamics. It yeah. very much Mogedian is what I thought and hoped. Landfear was uh, just absolutely like a spider, you yeah. know. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, this is uh, even like even Asmodian like had a had a bit of like just a bit of a uh, I had a little bit of apprehension of like oh shit. Uh, yeah, he but,
0: kind of he's well. Lanfair says, do you want to be like Mogedian where you just hide? And that's what Asmodian has been doing because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Aganor and Balthamel were, like, as I'm still learning, like, they were buried closer to the seal. Mm. So when it opens, they're, like, the first ones out. So the the seal to the Dark Ones prison is slowly weakening. So we don't know how long exactly uh, Asmodian's been... Yeah. No, Mogadian, I, I, I am freaked out about, and I'm worried about. And She's
1: freaky. <laughs> no predictions. I just know bad stuff's going to happen from her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm absolutely certain of that. Um, And it's... So we finally get the answer to the question we've been wondering for the whole book. What can hurt Rand? And so Nynaeve not only finds a seal to the Dark One's prison, she finds a male Adam. Yeah. Which holy shit like game changer this again. is this is not even something like oh it's a uh t- Terangriel. this is something that oh they can because like Nineveh broke mogedian's compulsion
1: because
0: mm-hmm. n- when mogedian left the inn she said you're not going to remember this but then nineave remembered so it's like it's kind of showing that being a strong enough Chandler you can kind of do anything mm-hmm when there's a fucking a Dom and one specifically created mm-hmm. to control a male, male channeler, that is not good, especially when the black Aja is and a Forsaken are mm, feet away. Right. No, it uh you know, totally wiped out my prediction
1: that we were gonna find a Tyrangriel that, you know, some some magic gun that could kill Rand. And uh I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised at how this just raises the stakes, you know, yeah. like, again, we, we, we went through this whole series knowing that m- some males can channel and, you know, some of them claim to be the dragon, but that's just a falsity and that they're uh, stilled and everything. So, you know, while it's an anomaly, it's not necessarily something that's, you know, common. It's, it's not something we've dealt with before. Yeah. Uh So it's a, it's a, it's a really good punctuation mark if we're calling this kind of the setup bunch of
0: chapters. Oh, yeah. And so we are going to end this episode on a very lovely chapter. Yeah, chapter fifty. My boy got hit. Chapter fifty-three. The price of a departure. The price
1: of a departure. I was so. I was so. Because you know, you see the you see the chapter heading, the, yeah. the, the 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 header and stuff, and so I'm like, okay, we're we're back here, but that title, man, the price of departure. I was so ready for some like some heavy loss. I was, I was, ex- I honest to God was expecting a uh, uh, loyal or uh, Gaul to not make it or something. Don't like do that. that to my heart. <laughs> I, you, you know what happens. I'm, I'm the that one is I'm that is the true. That is true. Nobody, nobody has plot armor for me. You know, I am reading these. You are the Moraine in this relationship, and I mm-hmm. am the Rand. <laughs> just as it comes, I'm just feeling it out and doing my best. And you're back here with 20 years of knowledge and knowing what's going on, just and vibing, honestly. just vibing, and watch me. But no, this, oh, my heart is so happy, so happy that I almost forgot to put uh, someone on the sus list, like, like hard Oh, this
0: is something I've been wanting to talk to you about. Yeah. So yes, um, let's, uh, let's. So get essentially, into it. Um, well, how do you how do you explain Luke and Slayer, because slayer is injured and then he luke walks away it's very much he has a bandage to his chest Mm -hmm. i mean even parents says luke kind of looks like rand right and and slayer kind of looks like land yeah and so how do you even like process that like what do you what are your thoughts on that so i've got some uh i've got some theories okay mommy
1: got some predictions uh, I do need a little bit of the historian uh, backline to back me up. Okay. Uh, I do have a couple of questions. It is not, uh, at this point in the series or book, it is not confirmed that Slayer or Luke are forsaken. Just one way or the other has not been no, confirmed.
0: He is just some dude in the wolf dream. Okay.
1: What I think is happening is...
0: I'm trying to figure out exactly the way. Because I think well, Slayer... also, mm-hmm. we've seen in Teleronriod, we've seen in the Wolfstream, you can change your appearance. Exactly. So I think Slayer and Luke are one and the same. Okay. I think they are, you know,
1: two halves of a whole. I think Slayer is the uh, dream representation as Luke is the physical representation.
0: Okay.
1: I think... I think... I think... I think... Do you think? I think that Luke is a servant of the Forsaken. I think he is, like, a dark friend. Okay. But not just a dark friend. Like, like a very specialized kind of once-in-a-lifetime. You know, he's not he's not a Padden Fane who's yeah. just a dark friend gone rogue or something. I think he was a good person. You know, maybe a great warrior or something. And a Forsaken got to him changed him took away his humanity and gave him these gifts and i think i would i could be totally off base here i could be just totally in the wrong gymnasium right now yeah i think there's a struggle with luke and slayer between mm-hmm. playing the dark side and playing the light side and that those two halves are are tugging at each other okay so i think we have a bit of a double agent but one that's just you know not playing for any side so much of of his own humanity,
0: okay. um I mean, I can't say anything because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you eventually find out more, but um, but either way, suspect as fuck. but does that recontextualize a lot of when <laughs> well, because like there's a thing of like when Luke first sees parent, his eyes kind of widen he goes, oh, sh-, like a, mm-hmm. a sort of of shit mm-hmm. so. Like, he's definitely seen Perrin in the wolf dream as Slayer. There's just tiny little things, you know, On exactly. upon a reread, you'll go, oh, okay. Well, and
1: I totally read him more as, like, you know, a bit of a mercenary, a bit of a, you know, means well, but maybe doesn't have all the facts. Yeah. Uh, We, we see that totally change oh in this God, chapter.
0: Yeah. Son of a bitch. Well, yeah, when he tells Gaul, like, when Loyal and Gaul come back from closing the Waygate, he's like, Oh, you guys don't know. I've been to the Blight. It's okay. like which again, when you think about Esau, um when you think about uh oh, What was that? Who's that? That's uh, is that someone I can't know yet? Nothing. <laughs> mhm. Tiny. Tiny. Uh when you think about Slayer and how Luke has kind of gone, I have a claim to a Borderlander throne. I've been in the Blight and you mm-hmm. see these connections to land. Mhm. But Homeboy looks like a little bit like Rand. You see these discrepancies of how Luke has Slayer's sort of way of thinking, you know? No, I definitely
1: think, like, for whatever he is, it's some type of amalgamation, some type of, like, alchemy blend of either, you know people that do exist people that would have existed I, I just i think this is something entirely different than we've encountered
0: before yes yeah, something dream world something in old evil you mm-hmm. know?
1: i do like the idea of like a almost like a you know a mirror reflection yeah a little bit and that's why he does look like a little bit of rand in the physical and land in the in the dream world for sure uh, I'd i'd be i'd be very excited for something like that yeah but
0: we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Don't have much of a read on him except he's a little bitch. <laughs> little bitch ass. <laughs> All he does is like throw heads of beasts and he's like and he's like, Oh, I got a feast thrown for me. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> Who cares? Um but we see Perrin's influence sort of spreading because he before he encounters Slayer, he sees in Watch Hill a Manetherin banner. Yeah. And um he this dying man so i'm curious of who's coming because perrin is told in the wine spring inn someone specifically asked for you and they come upon a dying man who said i wanted to make sure it's you golden eyes we're coming so i'm curious to know what your thoughts are
1: yeah because let's see here most recently we we've had perrin make the uh arrangement
0: with the white cloaks like that they can chill on the white and uh the Two in Emmons Field, which mm-hmm. no one is fucking happy with because, right, you know, because looking really close, yeah, I wouldn't want them
1: there. Either. No one uh, does, so you know, it's definitely not that band coming after him. Uh, Perrin doesn't have too many enemies, uh, you know, I mean, generally, yeah, he, he and the group do, but as far as a personal vendetta, I'm kind of coming up blank. And the okay. the only, uh, you know, entity, faction, or anything that hasn't had some airtime in a while is Pad and Fane. Mm. I, would, I would love, you know, the rogue Dark Friend bunch to be a bit of a, you know, in the mix. Because we've got this trollic force coming. That probably means a lot of, you know, Merdral's coming. Yeah, uh, The two rivers are going to have to saddle up with the White Cloak. So... I think adding in a third kind of force to muck things up would be very interesting. Yeah. So I'm calling it there. I, I think Padden Fane, maybe. Okay. I'm hoping. Yeah. Haven't seen him in a while. Where's well, he been? Where, he's where been, you, where he's been, you been having a Mai Tai. He's just been chilling.
0: <laughs> um, But so it's kind of been established like early on. Everything's kind of running low. Mm-hmm. There's only so much they can do with being walled off. And even the defenses are starting to wear off, you know. um. So Perrin goes to Faiyil and says, I need you to go to Camelot and ask Queen Morgase's help. And she says, fine. I want one thing, a marriage. And they get married. I I've had to put the book
1: down. I had to take a couple of laps around the coffee table. Because again, the the title is is sounds so bleak and yeah, so it's like, open. my God, let parent have something happy mm-hmm. for once. And it's crazy because again, like uh, one of the things I'm I'm learning, and I think I've you know not been uh, unvocal about this is things are happening so much faster than I, I think they are going to. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a parent fail marriage was totally in the the deck for me. I didn't think it was going to happen this fucking book and these bunch of chapters.
0: Yeah. I feel like any time, like, at the beginning of a book, you go, well, I think in, like, three books there's this, and then, like, two chapters later, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, we're there. (laughs) Yeah, we're
1: there. The thing I'm scared of, though, is now my heart has become so much more tender. And I I, I got a bad feeling about this. I've just... I'm so much more worried. I am so much... Yeah, th- yeah. Lock, lock up your lips and throw away the key. Cause I know, I know some bad stuff is gonna happen to them. And they're my Bradgelina now.
0: They are. Uh, Pale. Is there a couple named Pale? <laughs> uh, well, even the fact that she calls herself in her vows before the chapter ends, Zareen. Mm-hmm. It's like a, even though she hates that name, it's like, oh, it's real. She's digmatized. <laughs> In, we see Bane and Shiad even like kind of being tender towards Gaul because he's injured. Yeah, like no, I was I was worried about that because I
1: didn't realize uh, it's been very much limited exposure. But I like Gaul. I do too. I, every time he gets like a little something to do, it, it it's very it's very fun. It's very
0: funny. It's it's very much like oh, I want him around a lot more. Next week, when we have Master of the Deck on, we will continue our talk of. Our love of gall, gall tent, gall tent, more gall tent, gall tent part two. I I still can't get over when he like did his twirl in front of Perrin in Tear, and he's like, "We'll fight them. We'll do it." I'm like, amazing, perfect, amazing. sweet little himbo. I I imagine a
1: uh, a Chris Hemsworth type with the mind of a four year old. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But yeah, Perrin and Zareen get married, yeah. and I'm so happy, and I'm I'm just I'm happy. I got I got nothing else but I'm happy for right
0: now. That's awesome. It is good to be happy. Um so I think this is a good place to end our penultimate episode of The Shadow Rising. Yeah. Um The I feel like even now the wave fully hasn't crashed yet. I feel like no per robert jordan this is when it's gonna all we have five more chapters left and robert jordan does love having going what if everything happened at once yes and you know this book is
1: called the shadow rising yeah and besides some conceptual things like the bubbles of evil and some new forsaken being introduced the shadow is still about the same size as it yeah. was at the beginning, so he doesn't have to go to the doctor yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm worried. Again, we we got some stuff set up, you know, from this bunch of chapters. We've, uh, for my own personal stakes, uh, Perrin and Fael are are hitched. Aww. but I've got a bad feeling that we're gonna see wh- how the shadow rises in the next couple of chapters. I don't. This, this isn't called the friends hold hands together at the end. This isn't called RuPaul's best friend race. <laughs> this is the shadow rising. So like with some things that I've got a bad feeling about with some long-term reaches, I got a bad feeling about this finale coming up. I, I got a feeling we're going to take a hard left. Okay. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't call anything. I just, I, I don't
0: think it ends well in this book. All right. Yeah. And if we want to really see how this all ends, we'll have to tune in next week. Um Eric, what are your who gets the gold star of the week? Oh, shoot. That's right. We had a uh... We had Gold Star, and uh, we have color changes. Which we should actually make some... We'll take a... When we do our meeting day to talk about Patreon, we'll do Drunken Arts and Crafts, where we make (laughs) our uh, green, yellow, orange... Do our color board. Yeah. Yeah. You think I'm joking, Eric. Uh, No, I know
1: you're not, though. That's that's why I'm I'm just strapped in and ready to go. Um, Gold Star goes to... I mean, you know, I, I... it's kind of a joint one. It's kind of two gold stars, but I, I got to give it to Perrin and Zareen. Aww. They get married. They're they're all in now. Uh, it, it was a little fast, but at the yeah. same time, I'm happy I didn't have to deal with Perrin. Like, he can worry about her and stuff, and they can be in love and stuff, but it was just
0: ever so... Get the fuck over it, dude. Well, you Knowing. realize Lord of Chaos is their wedding planning. That's the whole. Thing. <laughs> um, no, it is it is a little fast. It's when you consider their time frame, mm-hmm. they've really in the time frame of this book is two months, I right. believe. They've really only known each other for like four or five months. Mm-hmm. But I think in times of war, in times of great stress, emotions aren't exactly at their best and they're at their height. Exactly what I was going to say. Again, Zarina's 17, Perrin is 20. I think the age is different because originally she was 16 and uh, this isn't Lolita, but... She was 16? Originally, I think she's... Or I think she's actually 18. There's some... Robert Jordan kind of fucks up her uh age a little uh, bit, like but a I think bit of she's supposed to be and... Yeah. I think she's supposed to be 17, 18 when Perrin first meets her, so I'm I'm cool with that. And, and as far as like comfortability of uh, you know, uh, I mean it's not like we it's not like Stephen King, you know. It's yeah, not like oh, when we shit, could do that. God. Yeah.
1: I We'll get into Stephen King at some point. That That is not here. But what I will say is you hit it exactly. That in times of war, you know, emotions are heightened. There is... It really brings a sense, not only to their relationship, but the world at large, of we could be dead tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And
1: I love that. I, I love that sentiment because, again, it was fast, but it just makes me think that those moments that they've had are just so organic and so well done. You know, yeah. like when he has her in his arms and he calls her his falcon and... When he wakes up and she's mended his shirt, which yeah. she's ne- said would never do it, it feels earned. It feels fast, but exactly. it feels earned, and it, it kind of contextualizes the world. So I'm all about it. Gold stars to the both of them. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, any color changes
1: or... Like, I'm a good teacher, so I can't give the color change. But what I can do if I had a teacher's aide is I'd send my teacher's aide to the back of, of that person's desk to, to just confirm they're doing what i think they're doing yeah and that would be luke <laughs> yeah. luke goes to green luke goes to yellow to orange he does but like at the same time like it's suspect but i don't have the i don't have the bona fides yet you know like i yeah. don't I don't know what's going on so i the can't bona fides the bona fides I don't have the I don't have the bona fide information to work. Don't with. use SAT words in front of me, Eric. I went to public school. Hey, Sadie. <laughs> hey, Sadie. <it's>
0: <laughs> Listen, I, I I dropped out of college, so the the small. I went word to college book. in Kentucky, so I <laughs> uh, it's essentially just dropped out of. I went to school for theater in Kentucky, so <laughs> essentially I dropped out of college. So I can't I can't I can't
1: in a justified way give Luke the color change yet. Yeah, I can just say he's doing some shit over there and I need yeah. another pair of eyes over there.
0: It's like when you hear your uh, <laughs> dog chewing on something and the other room, like, what do you got? Right? What is that? What do you got? Chewing, yeah. Chewing intensifies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the little clatter of puppy <laughs> paws <is> like. <laughs> yeah, although you know what? I can give him the color change for lying because he fucking lied about the trollic numbers. For oh sure, yeah, where so. he's
0: like, no, it's not that big. Yeah. It's like homeboy.
1: I've seen the fucking yeah. trolley camps. There's thousands. So I guess it's just like I don't know if I'm gonna give him detention, the, uh, you know, come next week, or or if I'm gonna in involve, school suspension in school suspension. Get the VP and his parents involved, mm. maybe. Yeah.
0: So that yeah, definitely on my watch list at okay. the very least. All right. Yeah. That seems about fair. So, yeah. uh, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Uh, yeah. We want to thank you all uh, for. Chilling with us uh, in the Discord server, uh, as chaotic as this sort of recording session was, um, we figured it out. We figured it out. We we got it. We got it. Um, and if you are listening to this, you know, not live, come join us. We uh, we get into our abilities. We praise Linda Cardellini. Uh, and if you want to see how the sausage gets made, come join <laughs> us. We're always welcome to have more people and we love having new friends and and i I will say for the uh, community we do have right now they're great people the chat
1: is tons of fun and very entertaining uh some some of my favorite newest people i've met
0: so yeah come hang out with us it's a great time yeah and you know we do promise to be a little bit more active on our uh discord channel eric and i we both have been a little vacant but um we will be better and uh you guys make us better so Tune in next week. We're going to be finishing the Shadow Rising. We got Master of the Deck coming in, so that'll be really fun. And we got some fun loyal spoils coming up. So, you know where to find us on social media. If you're not following our main accounts, uh, come do that. We'll try to post memes. And we uh, have a new mascot. Her name is Mila. She is a long-haired dachshund, and she's very obnoxious, but we love her very much. I love that dog so much. Uh, I... If you want to take Mila home, um, enter our raffle. So thank you all for coming out. We will see you guys next week when we finish up the Shadow Rising. You have a good weekend. May Linda Cardellini be with you.